Hi, I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. We're board-certified plastic surgeons and hosts of the podcast, Forever Young. Join us every Tuesday as we share the latest products and procedures in the never-ending quest to help our patients look and feel their very best. The world of cosmetic surgery is constantly improving. Join us on the cutting edge. Forever Young is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I am your couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. And I'm your sex therapist, Lori Watson. And we are back in the podcast closet today <laughs> talking about an issue that affects everybody, all couples who have kids anyway. It's like, how do you maintain a hot and vibrant sex life after those little monsters come along? And take oh, over your yeah. life. And you have lots of little monsters these I days. Ha- I have three little monsters, yeah. Your little monsters are all grown My up. My little monsters are all grown up. All right. So now you're free to walk around the house <laughs> naked again, right? That is so um, true. You know, all over the place. So there's a lot of different difficulties that I hear from couples about why their kids are affecting their sex life, right? Uh, so maybe it'd be helpful just to talk about a few of them but to just validate all you parents out there who are having uh, difficulty that it's incredibly common, right? And maybe, Laura, you can talk about too, like the, one of the biggest things is after you have babies is just the physical changes that women go through, right? Yes. That definitely yes. uh, affects a couple's sex life, right? Yeah. So, I mean, just to begin with, right? Pregnancy, obviously difficult. Sometimes positionally, it's you can't even have sex. Sometimes it becomes dangerous to have sex. There's all kinds of problems with pregnancy. But then right at birth, um, I think the big one that is overlooked is that women produce prolactin. It's a hormone that mm-hmm. brings in the milk. It's the milking hormone. And even women who have cesareans, who don't nurse, still have this hormone running around in their system. And prolactin, uh, the great purpose is to help with breast milk, but the big problem is that it reduces desire and it also thins the mucosa in the vagina. So it makes, it's problematic in terms of not feeling as comfortable when you're having intercourse. And that, you know, sometimes we think, well, the episiotomy is what the problem is, but actually women with cesareans too you know, have prolactin. And so they're not as comfortable either. So what does that do for a couple who, I know a lot of couples who want to have multiple children, they have them pretty close together a lot of times. Yeah. So say a woman who's had maybe three kids in six years. Okay. Right. Is that is that a continual thing where the... Um, it is. I mean, that, that's going to be it a six-year right? period of difficulty, yeah, right? Yeah, it's six months of prolactin, even if you don't nurse. And after you stop nursing, you still have prolactin in your system for six months. Mm. I mean, not at the same quantities, but yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about six years of, you know, potentially having hormonal influence that lowers desire. Um, most of the time, you can get over the discomfort of... Intercourse, I recommend women to use an estrogen cream right after, you know, as they're initially having intercourse again, because that hardens up the vaginal tissue, makes it hardy, 
mm-hmm. in a way that makes it more comfortable for her. And a lot of physicians agree with me, but they don't automatically prescribe it, mm-hmm. which I think is totally crazy, knowing what they know. It doesn't hurt the baby. It doesn't get into the breast milk. You know, it's it's by and large very, very safe. And so, you know, they should, but they don't. They say to me, gynecologists say to me, well, if she complains about it, then I'll prescribe it. And it's like, uh. why, why make the first, <laughs> you know, entry back, so yes. to speak, difficult? <laughs> just, just prescribe it for crying out loud. Yeah, so, so ask, ask for, for it. it. Yeah, to say that this is an issue. Yeah. Um, another issue that I think is comes up that most people, I don't know why they, uh, this gets undersold all the time is just the lack of sleep that parents get. Yes. Like all the time. It just gets undersold. Like um, You didn't sleep last night, did you, Adam? Oh, or you I got up early. I got up I get up early, but yeah. um, earlier. Uh, earlier, yeah. But I was talking to some friends the other day who have two small kids that are younger than ours and they were just like, does it ever get any better? Right, because mm-hmm. I think when you're in it, it feels like we had a um, it's forever. Yeah, when our when our second daughter was born, our first daughter was about two, two and a half years old, and she went through this kind of crazy thing where she was getting up in the middle of the night and would like not stay in her room, and she would lay down in the middle of the floor and just scream at like two, two thirty oh, in the morning. Oh my gosh, like and an so, adjustment disorder to the yeah, sleeping, right? They, yeah, the only way, and the only way she would stay in our room is if we sat right outside of her bedroom door. Like, because otherwise, and it was also more convenient because we were getting, we'd have to get up and go downstairs. Killer. Like, so, and in reality, this probably lasted for maybe four weeks. Yeah. Right. But it felt like it was three years. Oh, I still remember (laughs) it vividly. I remember how crazy we got. Like, and so, and sex, like, out of the question at that point, Mm -hmm. like, you're just nuts. Like, there's no, like, all you want is sleep. Yeah. And so it interrupts any kind of rhythm that you have sexual, like, when you're in your sex life, any kind of desire, like, your desire is only for sleep. Yeah. um, At that point. Um, And so. I I think it induces a bit of a psychotic state. Like, you're not rational. No. I mean, without sleep. And so many people go, oh, my first son, you know, it took him nine months before he slept through the night. Oh, it's it was probably because I was an anxious mom and all that stuff. It was probably half my fault. But, I mean, really, you, you become just a tiny bit psychotic. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is magnified. Yeah. Lord. And if you, I think if you judge your sex life in the, that period of time when that, when that is happening, mm-hmm. it, it just, it's going to come out, it's going to come up short, right? I mean, it's just mm-hmm. going to, it's going to feel like we never have sex anymore if that's where you're trying, if you don't recognize that sleep is just, um, even as they, as they get a little bit older, like our three-year-old son, like still, he gets up super early, right? He's once or twice every week, he's up in the middle, he's comes he's in the adorable. room in the middle of the night. I love your, your posts on him. He's so <laughs> he, adorable. He is, he's super, he's super cute. And he was a, he's a mini Adam. He's a, he was a fireman for Halloween. So he is cute, but I tell you, like he is cute in the daytime. After he has allowed us to sleep, if he's coming in in the middle of the night, he's a little bit of a monster. All right. His cuteness like drops there. Um, right. And so you say kids are like what? Are like, they're parasites. They're parasites. They okay. are like okay. he, like, I mean, Let's they, go with this. this is, well, no, listen, like this is the other thing that just happens. I mean, especially, I don't know if this happened to you, but my wife, he literally, you now like, and these, our other two were just like this. He wants to be in physical contact with her. Mm-hmm. All the time, mm. he doesn't do that. I am more of the. I'm more touch is more my love language, and so I would cuddle with them all day. Aww. Like, but they don't want that. They don't. They uh-huh. they treat me differently. They want to literally be in her lap. 
I've I've taken several pictures uh, lately, lately of if he if she's holding him, the other two will just somehow be drawn to her like mosquitoes to uh-huh. a bug lamp, and they will just be on her in yeah. some way. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, she is just like, I'm done. Do not touch me. And nobody right. she's touched no, out. She's touched out. Right. Um, which obviously affects sex. Right. Like it, it, does. it, it it's going to be and hard affection. to want somebody else to mm-hmm. to be on top of you when you. that's yeah. when that's going on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so parasites. Right. I see. <laughs> parasites. <laughs> Lovely. Like even as they, as they get older. I mean, they're beautiful kids have kids, you know, but seriously, they're, I know they I suck know. the life. out. I of know you. what you mean. And then your schedule changes drastically. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the big shock mm-hmm. is suddenly all that free time that you had that you enjoyed is gone. Well, and that lasts till they get out of the house. Like, I think this is – I get – I don't know what you're it's, – It's even there when they're out of the house, let me tell you. The schedule? Parenting parent, – not the schedule. Oh, you're right, probably. But parenting lasts for much longer oh, sure. than you think. I have friends who are like, oh, my kids are going to college. I'm like, listen – Parenting doesn't end. I mean, you you just worry bigger yeah. when they're young adults. Well, and I think they. I but mean, the the dailiness when they're is small relieved. when they're small their schedule is different. Like you have to have more routine. Can't go out mm-hmm. as often. But when, when they're, they're teenagers, bigger, I mean, you're driving them all over and did you attending al- things. Did yeah. you allow your kids to do multiple things at one time? I did, and so we had one sport, music, like so. Several of them took piano and choir and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then we had church group, oh, you know, youth group. So on any given week, Adam, when my kids were in grade school and junior high, we had 13 events that we had to get the kids to. And that did not include if there was a tournament or we had to drop by the store to get soccer socks or there was a special event in one of those things. There was just – with three kids, there were 13 events on any normal given stuff. And we were both working full time. Would you – looking back, would you have done that differently now? Like knowing what you know now, would you have – No, because do- I live my life on busy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, so I would not. But I, I would say that I had a girlfriend who was much saner than I was, and she allowed her kids one activity, music but- or sport or whatever. It was one activity. And she said, you know, to me – Family dinners are really important. It's a time for us to gather, to be together. And so if that activity is going to interrupt family dinner, forget about it. That's, I mean, that's what we try to do. But mm-hmm. it's, and it's still so busy. Still I, so busy. I can't imagine. I, and I, but I think this is a problem for couples. And There's FOMO. That, there is. There's it's FOMO a, it's, for our kids. It's fear that they're going to miss out. Yeah, it's they're fear. not going to be as accomplished. They'll not get into college if they don't do sports and I am and just telling you, like, music the, and the busyness is devastating to couples, I think. It's devastating to couple relationships because yeah. they, what they say is we can't find time for ourselves or they get home in the, at 9 o'clock every single night and they they don't have any time for each other. Yeah, and, and they're you know, too tired. my childhood wasn't like that. Yeah, you know, I'm a different generation, but, you know, yeah, but My, my really, childhood wasn't like that either. My childhood was not – I had family dinner almost every single night. You know, my mom cooked a hot mm. meal. She also cooked breakfast, which – my mother was not very organized, but how she pulled that off. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, that is really amazing I don't that know. she could pull that off. I don't know that we could do that. I don't know, I know. that we could do that. But but part of it is the schedule, there's right? The, there's the, the after school rat race. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple more things that okay. I think is that I think happened no with kids. Sex. No time for sex is a big deal. Um, but kids are the ultimate buzzkill. They have the worst timing ever. 
Like they sense when mom and dad are going to do something without them. So they'll come downstairs, they'll get out of bed. They won't go to sleep when they're supposed to go to sleep. Um, all of these different things that just feel, and it, I think what it does is it creates this feeling that they're that for parents that they're always going to be interrupted. Yeah, um, and, and this is this is a developmental problem. Mm-hmm. It's like parents have to kick the children literally out of their relationship. Oh yeah, and so many parents are are child centric in the way they form their families. Yes, that they think, oh, I don't want to exclude my children; it'll hurt their feelings. It's like, do it. Do it. Exclude your children. Set a bedtime. Set a good boundary. I've heard friends of mine that have said, well, it's okay because right now everything's about the kids. And I want to say, no, that's Mm -hmm. not okay. That Mm -hmm. that takes away from your relationship. But I understand the feeling because it feels like that's the way that it's supposed to be. But part of our job as parents is to disappoint our children. I mean, ironically, we have to – appropriately disappoint them that they are not included in this adult relationship. It is uber important for them to eventually long for their own intimate relationship to feel that exclusion. Yes, It's like mom and dad have something that I am not a part of. That sucks because later on it actually pushes them to want to form mm-hmm. their own romantic right. relationship in the quest of the disappointment that they had at being kicked out of the Garden of Eden of mom and dad's bedroom, yeah. you know? Let's talk more about okay. that when, okay, we, okay. when we come back because I think that's, okay. a, that's a super important point. Let's pick up there when we come back on 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. Thank you so much to all our Patreon supporters, right? Yeah. Patreon is a platform where you can directly support things that you love. We really want to expand the resources that we can be able to provide right. to you as our listeners. If you know our work touches you and our work helps you, we would be so grateful for your support. Just go to our website, foreplayrst.com, and there you can find a way to support us, and you can see our episodes and our blogs. And thank you so much, guys. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress compared to weekly therapy. I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. At Matthews Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. Give us a call at 919-587-8018. Find us online at matthewscounseling.com. We look forward to working with you. Back at you with 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. So I got a little carried away there. No, Um, I think it's good. You know, but I I do think that this, you know, the way we structure our families has to be marriage first, family second. It has Mm -hmm. to be. And I think this is the foundation for, for making sex after kids important important like it when you prioritize your sex life and i think this includes a couple of different things when you believe that it's important that you maintain mm-hmm. that 
And then when you are affectionate around each other in front of your kids, I think what that does is that fosters security. It fosters secure attachment because those they, they recognize what healthy relationships look like. And so it affects their adult relationships. I think the healthiest thing you can do for your kids as far as their future adult relationships to, to help them be successful in those is for you to have a healthy sex life, a healthy relationship. Healthy parents equal healthy kids. Yeah, the gift of intimacy is really the gift of that the family gives, is a model for this romantic triumph. You know, I often ask people when they're struggling in their sex life is what happened in your family of origin? Did your parents have connection? Could you feel their heat for each other? Or were they dead to each other in terms of affection and sexual chemistry? Because that conveys, right, way more powerfully than the talk about the birds and the bees is the marital triumph of the romance of the marriage is what is passed down as a legacy of that this is – This is our gift. Mm. We're showing you how to relate in an intimate level, not in the bedroom. We never want the kids to see any of the primitive scene. That's right. right. Never, ever. That's not what we're talking about. No, but we're talking about their sense of our deep sexual and romantic connection. Yeah. I like that you frame it as a gift because I think that's really what that is, is you're giving your kids that gift because they're going to sense that whether you talk about it or not, they are going to get a message about how adult relationships work and how sex in adult relationships work, Mm -hmm. um, whether you are actively talking about it or not. And I would say that the actual – that the talking about it is less, even less powerful. I think you should talk about sex, um, but that's not what the kids are going to remember necessarily. They are more so going to remember how you were with your partner, with your spouse than anything else. And that's going to leave that lasting impression. So I think that's the bedrock, right? Mm-hmm. That is, is. That's the foundation is. of how you kind of build passionate sex in your relationship when kids are around. But then there's some other practical things um, that I think are important that we should mention. And this is right. one I think that that some people might disagree Give with us on, us, but I, I, know that, I know that we are on the same page. I know that we are on the same page, yep. with that, but I know that other people are not. But I am firm on this idea that kids sleep in their room, parents sleep in their room, and that that is just a boundary that you have that allow, that gives sex the opportunity to, to flourish in your relationship. Yeah, I, probably the only time I would disagree is when they're infants and you're nursing and sometimes it is a little more convenient just to have them in the bed with you. You know, it saves you that five minutes of getting up and putting them back. But in five minutes can be meaningful when you're trying to get every little bit of sleep. But overall, children, too, need to learn to self-soothe in their own bed to calm themselves down. You know, at some point, they need to be able to soothe themselves without the parent helping. Yeah. So it is important for, to them as well as to provide space, separateness as the parents. Yeah, and if you're having trouble with this, like the thing to me is that there is, there's power in a good bedtime routine. Oh, and yes. You have to uh, – I mean I think kids crave this and they come to depend on it. We have, have a whole little song and dance. It feels like a song and dance that we do with our kids when they're smaller. It's different when they get a little bit older. Um, so we still do it with our three-year-old now. And um, it's he knows. Like I mean, he may complain about it, but he knows ultimately. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it goes perfectly every time. We're not saying it, it's perfect. But more often than not, it, it has developed into sleeping in their room, staying in their room, um, mm-hmm. being able to have – 
uh, couple time is is an important for that. Uh, but you have to be on the same page with your spouse about and, this, right? And having a routine for children, a bedtime routine and a wake-up morning routine yeah. that happens the same time, the same way every day actually reduces children's anxiety. Absolutely. They know what to expect. I had a girlfriend who was fabulous at this. Deb, if you're listening, uh, I still take lessons from you and what you did. Um, and she, even though the children you know, were older, she would say, room time is 9 o'clock. She had four kids, and she said, you know, I need time with my husband. And so she said, room time is 9 o'clock no matter what. So they could go into the room. They could put themselves to bed. They could do their homework in there, whatever. But she said, I need our space at 9 o'clock every night, you know, no matter how old they are. And I just thought, you know, that was so smart. So smart. So smart to say, to prioritize the marriage and some of her recovery time, right, running mm-hmm. around with four kids all day just to do that. And it, it, I think it sent a very powerful message that says, you know, the marriage is that important. Yeah, absolutely. I think it communicates that. And it, it just creates, again, it creates opportunity that may not be there before. You may still want to use that. You may be tired and need to use that opportunity to sleep, but at least it's you have it there for, for when you need it. Mm-hmm. Um Second thing I think that we would say is lock the damn door. Lock the damn door. <laughs> like this is put a lock on it. It is okay. Do you get a lot of pushback on that? Because I know you recommend I get a that lot to of people. Like pushback. Like that. It like, like for some reason. I have reason, to be available to the children. You know what would what would they think? What if they need me? It's like, are you kidding? You can't hear your kid. Yes. Screaming or I mean, no way. I think it is rooted in there's just so much fear in that. Right, that we're not that we're not going to be responsive enough. But for the majority, unless they're really, really tiny, mm-hmm. you got to monitor. You can hear them if it happens. Like, but oh yeah, but the, the and turn the monitor off sometimes too. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. you, you can hear your kids shrieking. But if your kid you got to be a lover, not just a mother. Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> know. You, but I, no, I you got to give put, yourself permission to I do that. I have men that push back against that too. I though. do too. I mean, I, I do too. Like they, I, I'm not sure what it is, but I think it reduces, I think usually there's a partner that has this fear that the kids are going to walk in on them. And I'll mm-hmm. talk about that too, that that fear has to go away as well. Yes. But like the, like that, if, if there is a partner in the relationship that has that fear that the kids are going to walk in and that keeps them from being sexual, get the lock, lock. the door, get the lock, get right? the lock. I mean, there's craziness. I think there's just craziness in believing that we have to be ever available to our children. And I think let's, I mean, maybe talk about the reverse side of that too, is eliminating the fear that we're going to scar them for the rest of their lives if they walk in on something. Right. Right. I, I mean, I just like, obviously we're not advocating like, you know, don't keep going. Stop. Right. Stop. Right. But if they walk in on you, it is not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Grab a robe, put them back to bed and just say, mommy and daddy, we're having special loving time at it wasn't what it sounded like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, put them back to bed. And if they're old enough, explain in the morning, yeah. you know, so that they have a comprehension of what happened. We don't want our kids to witness the primal scene, as they say. Mm. Um, but if it does happen, it's recoverable and it's it's better than not ever having sex. And I, I just think to me, privacy is really important. I think that you need to teach your children by the time they can walk that a locked, that a shut door needs a knock. Yes. You know, so by two years old, literally two years old, they can comprehend that they need to knock on a locked door. Absolutely. 
I mean, I or think knock it, on a shut door. There we no, go. That they can. There you go. Yeah, that they can knock on a shut door. Yeah, absolutely. You're teaching them about that these things are important. You're drawing boundaries. When those boundaries get violated, you're gently reinforcing them and saying, "This is this is the time that we need." And I, you know, I think we protect children from stuff so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that their parents are have a sexual relationship with each other, I don't think is something that we have to always protect. Mm-hmm. our kids from, right? We want it to be age appropriate. We want to talk about it in, in ways that are comprehensible, that don't place too much burden on them. But we don't have to protect our kids. We don't have at, to hide that we're having a sexual yes. relationship. Maybe that's a, be- maybe that's a better way. We don't have to, we don't have to hide it. Um, I mean, a smooch or a kiss or a cop and a feel every once in a while is just, it's appropriately, you know, yes. I, and I know I get lots of complaints, you know, about this one too, that when it becomes inappropriate, but every once in a while your kid's catching you, you know, making out or whatever it's kind of good for them to see that and fully dressed and i mean yeah well and even if you don't i think this is another thing too is even if you don't want to talk to them or they're not ready to talk fully about sex or like the idea that you can talk to them about like we've been saying protecting the time that mommy and daddy need together that this is our time, like your friend was doing, saying you can say, begin to say, this is our time. Whether it's watching a movie together or having sex, like you're saying, this is our time. We, right. you ha- you've had your time. It's time for to be doing other things. This time is too important. We need to we need to make sure we have time to be together. I think and that sets a precedent for them. I think well. they need to prioritize the marriage, right? They have to have money that goes toward a babysitter that Absolutely. gives them a little bit of time alone because it's very difficult to be sexual unless you're emotionally connected. At least it is for women. And I, I think that that's essential. Yeah. You know, even if it's like you, you borrow the neighbor one week and then you spend the money on the babysitter the next week and all you do is go to the park and sit yes. because you don't have any money to do anything else. I've been there. Yeah. Those years happen. It really is that money is an investment into your relationship mm-hmm. for the future. I mean, divorce is expensive, y'all. Like, separation is expensive. Like, it's it's an investment against And therapy for your things. children. Therapy for your children. Expensive. Yeah. Right? So making that investment is important. And when you do, I think something that's connected to keeping that sex alive with kids is to talk about something other than your kids. Yeah. I think people fall into that pattern so much because there is – Put the phone down. Put the damn phone down. down. Put the damn phone down. Talk about something other than your children. Um, Talking about yourselves, like, it just adds to that because, I mean, obviously there is so much. I I really do think my wife and I could talk about our kids – that could, endlessly. That could endlessly. There's so much to talk about. There's so many decisions to make. There's so much cuteness that happens oh, that yeah. we want to share with each other that the other person didn't see. You know, there is now with now with Facebook, you know, they bring back memories. So like all the time we're showing, look at, do you remember when they were this small? Do you I remember know. this memory? Like there's so many things, but it's super important that that doesn't become the only thing that we talk about because that just that's just not sexy. Right. And what we're saying overall is sex needs to be a priority. You know, yes, the children are little and they're only little once, but if they grow up and their parents split apart because they didn't have connection, you know, all that is kind of wasted breath. So think about it, prioritize your sex life, make it romantic, make it connected. We know it's difficult. Maybe it's less frequent during these years, but hang in there, you guys. This is Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson. And your couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. Thanks for listening. 
You can now call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at 4Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.